Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. But we've coined today uh, a day called Revival Sunday. And uh, pastors uh, Dave and Nicole are ministering in New York. We love you, pastors Dave and Nicole. Don't know if you'll get to watch this. We're having some technical difficulties on our stream, but when they do watch it, we love you. Let's put our hands together and bless our pastors. They're ministering today in New York, and they they ask that you know that we'll go out, but we would love for John and Jocelyn just to lead the service and let let's make it like a revival Sunday. And I thought, why are they asking us? <laughs> And I'll tell you why, because we are revivalists. I've come to terms with it. I told Jocelyn the other day, I, we were driving out. We've been going out and ministering at a friend of ours, Tent Revival in Valley View. He has property right off I-35 and he's put up this tent that seats a few hundred people and he's been having church every night for the past month. And sometimes there's 100, sometimes there's 20 people. And we're meeting out there in 95 degree weather going after Jesus. And they've seen souls and more souls, healings. And it's just been amazing. And it's right off I-35. Literally, you can see the cars and hear the cars going up and down the road. And we've taken some of the team out there and ministered the last four Friday nights. And it has been what we would say in the Brockman home, nuclear like an explosion every Friday night. And this last Friday I was driving in and I told Joss, I said, I've just come to terms with that I am a revivalist. I said, I'm not wearing camel skin and living in the wilderness and eating locusts and honey. I was like, but I burn for revival. I've been listening to prophetic words over my life. I have a Dropbox file of prophetic videos and audio recordings that I listen to continuously. And one I was listening to a few weeks ago on a Sunday afternoon, it's labeled prophetic cookout because our family prophet, we have a family prophet that speaks into our family. Uh, we were meeting at her house for a cookout. It was a bunch of ministers and we planned to swim, eat, and then just have a time of prayer. It went like six hours. And this pastor in Florida who did not know me and our family prophet did not tell him who we were, but asked him to pray for us. And as he began to pray for us, he just began to lean into my phone and he said, revival, 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 revival. I don't know you, but I keep seeing like in a marquee, revival, revival, revival. You're hungry for revival, revival. Your heart burns for revival, revival, revival. And it does. Does my heart burn for us to have a guest speaker and guest singers and nightly services for a month. That's great. That is just a small picture of revival. But revival simply means revival, revive. It means to bring something back to life, to bring something that's dormant, alive, something that sleeps, awaken it. That's why we use the word awaken. It's not complicated. Revivalists look for the dead things and want to see them come back to life. To the church, 
to the marriages, to the finances, to your body, to your vision, to your heart, to this region. When we see things that are dead, we want to say, how can we, Jesus through us, this resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. How can we be used if there is resurrection life in us? How can we be used to see revival in the earth? Do I have any other revivalists in the room? Anybody else looking for dead things? Looking for those things that are dormant to say, how can I get that business back up and running? How can I minister to my neighbor that's struggling and going through? To, how can I be the hands and feet of Jesus? And the earth needs revival. And it's happening. Would you look at somebody and say, it's happening. It's breaking out in tents everywhere. It's breaking out here. And you start seeing expressions of worship you've never seen before. We, we're going off script. We print out order services just to put them on the altar. We print them out to let them burn. <laughs> you got to have a plan. It's important. But when God wants to change the plan to do something, we have to be open to that plan. And that's not just in our service, but in our life. We have plans and positions and agendas, but we have to put those things on the altar to say, Lord, what do you want to do? How do we want, how can we see revival in the earth? How can we see this thing come to life? How many in your life, in your realm, in your world, there are dead things around you? There are things that are sleeping around you and they need to be revived or awakened. Can I get an amen? Anybody just wave at me if, if, if that's you and you're seeing those things. God, I believe God is wanting to use you to bring revival to those things. Revivalists aren't just the ones that hold the mic and are the special speakers, but we all have the potential to carry revival, to carry the fire, to bring life to the dead things. But the greatest thing we will battle is human nature. Life is like a roller coaster. There's expectation, there's instruction, there's ups, there's downs, there's times where it's slow, it's fast, and human nature is our biggest enemy. But Jesus being the giver of life, that's who he is. And when life gets dormant, we pull on him to bring life to those things that may be in a slump only to are you with me, Dwell Church? So what are indicators that revival is happening? Number one, unity. Unity. I'm getting some amens over here. Where you start to see unity not just happen in the church, but in the homes and in churches when it becomes a regional thing versus just a one building thing, when it becomes a community thing, when unity starts happening, we know that scripture in Psalms, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in, somebody say it. And what is it like? It's like the oil that flows down the beard, right? When we start getting in unity, that doesn't, that sometimes it's, that's just alignment. Alignment, And I've, I've ministered many months ago about alignment. Y'all remember that message months ago? And I, I still keep seeing the numbers, 1010, 555, 444, 333, 1212, like it's spooky. 
the amount of times I look down at my clock and all the numbers are matching up. And as the Lord continually reminding me about alignment, it's getting over the things God's placed under you. So you no, you get you get under the things God's placed over you, so you can get over the things God's placed under you, right? Hope that made sense. Alignment is is not just like or unity is not just like, hey, it's like a piece of peanut butter or a piece of bread with peanut butter and we're all smeared even. No, it's about getting under some things in order to get over some things. Because the oil flows what? The oil flows. And if we're not in alignment and unity, there is no oil flowing down fluidly. And if the oil's not flowing, then the anointing's not flowing. And when there's anointing, that's what breaks the yokes and lifts the heavy burdens. But if we're not in alignment, then the oil's going off here. But when we get in unity and alignment, the oil starts flowing. Somebody say unity. And what unites us for revival is hunger. Somebody say hunger. All of a sudden, this thing starts stirring on the inside of you where what was dormant starts to be awakened. What was dead starts to come to life and encounter here and encounter there and encounter there. And you're like, I got to turn the TV off. I got to turn the radio off. I can't hang out with this person. I've got to stop doing this. And it's not that those things are wrong, but God has called you to a place of consecration. And hunger is stirring and bringing people together. That's what unites us is hunger. And we don't want a plan. We don't want a program. We, we appreciate the plan. We appreciate the program only when it comes after the presence of God. Unity, what unites us is hunger. Yeah. Hungry. And then people start seeing us eat, I don't know if this sounds right, but eat on Jesus, <laughs> eat on his presence, eat on his, his glory, his goodness. People start looking at us and saying, I want to have what they're having. You ever been at a restaurant, one of our favorite restaurants, when we get a chance to, and somebody blessed us recently, took us there to Perry's Steakhouse. And I didn't know about the pork chop until someone else ordered the pork chop that came by sizzling and smoking and just all up in my nose. And I smelled it. And immediately when I smelled it, my mouth began to water. And whatever that is, I'll have what they're having. Then how much more is the goodness of God that as we come each week and we sit at the table with Jesus and he starts to bring pork chops. <laughs> but starts to bring what he brings. He brings himself and all these things come with him. He is the reward. When Jesus comes and he's sizzling and that aroma just starts to get in the lost and the broken and the hurting and they, what is that? I want to have what they're having. Then revival and awakening starts breaking out. Can I get an amen up in here? And I want you to know that it is happening in the earth. It is happening in the earth. Unity, but what unites us is hunger. We see that on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, right? They were all what? Together in one accord. There were a lot of people that were told to be in that upper room. I think many, many, many more than 120. But how many was it? 
500, but out of 500, only 120 united that were hungry and they waited. They didn't know it would be 10 days after Jesus would ascend. They just said, could be today, could be today. We know it as 10 days, but they didn't know that on the 10th day, there would be a suddenly moment that as unity and hunger come together, all of a sudden there's a sound from heaven, like a mighty rushing wind that sits on all of them. Here's another indicator of revival. It starts to spill and get messy and everywhere. Aren't you thankful that it didn't stay in the upper room? That it went from the upper room to the streets, to the homes, to the nations. Hunger and unity brought 120 men together and God poured out his spirit and they stumble out on the street. We still got a lady over here drunk in the spirit. Peter stumbles out drunk in the spirit. Just his body doesn't know how to handle what's happening. And they're looking at him like, ah, they're drunk. These guys are drunk. And he's like, it's only nine o'clock. We're not drunk as you suppose, but this is that. And he begins to quote in Joel where your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your old men will dream dreams and young men will have visions and I'll begin to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And if you don't know it, the day of Pentecost was actually a parade, a time of gathering from all the, the Israelites, from all the nations would come to that city and celebrate and read the word and fellowship and all the nations just happened to be there. But if it just started to pour out out of the upper room and then all these people started getting Jesus and getting saved. 3,000 people in one day on a street received Christ. That's what revival looks like. It starts breaking out. Somebody say break out. Somebody shake somebody and say break out. It starts breaking out. And then what we see, it went home to home. And then the church was multiplied too. And then the, the people that were from Ethiopia went back to Ethiopia. And the people that were from Egypt went back to Egypt. And it just started to spread like wildfire. My spiritual father back in college had a vision of his duty was to raise up young men and women to redig the wells of revival through worship and prayer. And we would travel all over the country ministering in different states and, and countries. And uh, 20 years ago, this last month, we did 24 hours of worship and prayer right in a tent in front of the White House. Before anybody else was doing that, we were doing that 20 years ago. I played for 14 hours unto the Lord. Wow. And he would stir our hearts to do that because he, God gave him a vision of a marathon runner. But he's not running a marathon, he's running through a harvest field. And as he's running, he's carrying a torch, but he's not holding the torch high, he's holding it down. And everything that torch touches, it burns and it starts to come alive. And you see this runner running, but you see this fire spreading like wings behind him like wildfire. That's what revival looks like when it starts to spread and break out. Somebody say break out. Is this good or what? So real quick, and then we're going to pray. 
We have to reframe, reframe our minds for revival. It's more than three night services and three special speakers. And I'm not against that. I think that is a part of it or something that can start it or sustain it, but it, it's gonna look different. It has to be everywhere, all places at all times. It's more than just services. It is a lifestyle, right? But how many of you grew up going, my dad did revivals all over the country. I traveled with them, played drums. They were key. But we have to learn how to sustain that. And it's, it's not just about services. It's a part of it, but it is a lifestyle. We have to reframe the way we see revival. But then we have to release revival. But in order to release revival, we have to release our agenda, ourselves, our boxes, our plans, our titles. We have to let go of those things. So it's a reframing and a releasing, a surrender in order to what? Receive. Somebody say receive. We have to receive all he is doing and all he has for us and what he wants to do through us. God does not only want to pour into you in revival, but he wants to pour through you in revival. Revival is, is, is not just about you coming and I got it and I got it until you go out there and you give it and you give it and you give it and you give it. it remember what we talked about? It breaks out from the upper room to the streets, to homes, to the nations. It begins to, rele we release and then we, in order for him to release it through us, we receive, but we see that through the fruit. Families start getting healthier and parents start parenting better and finances get better and your job starts, it starts breaking out everywhere. It's not just about having good services, but it's about being a good parent. It's about having a good marriage. It's about using wisdom. It's, it's all areas. Because I've seen so many churches have, the last church I worked at, we did 90 days of revival, 90 nights straight. But I can't tell you how tired we all were. And it's like, Lord, you're blessing us in the service, but how do you bless us outside of this service? It breaks out. So a reframing, a releasing, a receiving, a remaining. We have to be good stewards of revival. It's like every year, do we have to have three services to wake you up? Every year, nothing, nothing wrong with it. But do we have to have that to wake us up, to bring it? Can I get an amen? It's remaining, stewarding it taking time to read your Bible and pray and rest and stewarding this and know that it can happen from not just night to night, but week to week, month to month. And it's going to take faith. Somebody say faith. Feelings don't determine revival. Fruit determines revival. Fruit comes from seeds and seeds that are planted and the seeds that are planted. If I plant a apple seed, will I get a orange? If I plant an orange seed, do I get an apple? But we know fruit from seed, but seed has to be stewarded. Does this make sense?
So God comes in like a service today and a service last week and he begins to plant seed, but you've got to steward this move. You've got to steward, water it and let the sun shine on it. Not just the S-U-N, but the S-O-N shine on you and steward this seed to we start seeing fruit pop up. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Don't tell me revival's breaking out and you are rude. Right? Fruit comes from seed, but in order from seed to get to fruit, it has to be stewarded. And that's what God wants from us. He comes in, he awakens things and he brings things back to life but we have to steward those things. Is this good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I added this on there. I think rest is a big part of revival. I think one of the first revivals we saw was actually here on the earth. Genesis 1, 1 to me is like where revival started. The earth was dormant. It was just blah, just chaos, just blah. But the spirit was there and God spoke and there was light. There was light. He brought life. He brought fishes and birds and he brought Adam and he breathed into Adam and then he pulled uh, his rib and he brought life to what was nothing. That sounds like revival to me. But after all he did that, you know, God created the earth in six days because on the seventh day he rested. And because he rested, God blessed it and made it holy. One of the greatest ways you can steward revival is rest. And I wanna challenge you today, in order for us to steward this move of God, we have to rest in his presence. We have to physically rest. We have to mentally rest. Facebook is on too much. Instagram is on too much. The news is on too much. You're going and going and going. And God is saying, you need to get sleep and you need to spend time with me. And when you do that, what happens? He blesses it and makes it holy. A reframing, a release, a receiving, a remaining and rest. So here's where I'm gonna leave you today. And, and I had a ton of scriptures, but I'm just gonna give you this one. Philippians three, I'm gonna have the team come back up. And can we just do like spirit breakout or something, whatever you feel. Philippians 3, verse 13, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining to what is ahead, verse 14, I press on. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I wanna encourage you with those two or three, three words, I press on. I press on, somebody say I press on. If you didn't know it, we just finished, or we're about to finish the last week of the first half of the year. 2021 has come to its halfway mark. We are in the last week of the first half of 2021. 
where are you at? It's halftime and we are in the locker room and Coach Brockman's just walked in, the revivalist saying, where are you? Are you up? Are you down? Are you up by some touchdowns? We're, let's just go football because I love football. Are you down by some, are you down by three? Are you down by 20? It doesn't matter where you are, but here we are at the halfway mark. What could God do in the second half? What could God do, not with your ability, but with your availability, just with your yes. God, I don't know how I'm gonna see revival, but I want it. I don't know how I'm gonna see that dead thing come to life. I don't know how I'm gonna see that thing that's sleeping come back awake, but Lord, I just give you my yes. And we're here in the locker room. Coach Brockman is saying, you may be down, you may be up, but wherever you are, press on, press on, press on, press on, press on. And I can hear them in the stands, the great cloud of witnesses, revival, 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 revival in your marriage, revival in your finances, revival in your mind, revival in our church, revival in the Baptist church, revival in the Catholic church, revival in this region, revival in this state, revival in this nation, revival in the nations. We press on. We press on, we press on. And as we finish this second half of 2021, we step into the next half and we press on. We say yes, Holy Spirit, yes to revival, yes to a reframing, yes to a releasing, yes to a remaining, yes to your rest, yes to unity, yes to hunger, yes to a breaking out. We will see the dead raised. Not just figuratively, but literally. We will see blinded eyes opened. We will see deaf ears opened. We will see the lame walk. We will see the dumb talk. We will see restoration of races. We will see souls and more souls. We will see salvation and redemption and restoration. We will see it because it's coming. The second half, it's coming. It's coming. Revival, 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 revival. Can these dry bones live? Yes, they can. I can feel the breath of God, the Ruach of God coming and bringing life and restoring. The dead things are coming back to life. The sleeping things are coming awake. So where do we start? All you have to do is ask. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but just ask. Ask him for what? A fresh outpouring. Lord, here I am at the second, right in between, <laughs> right here in the middle, about to step into the rest of 2021. And we know that's when God does his best work, right? 
<laughs> he just, it's like, how's this going to work? And then late in the midnight hour, God's gone. You know, he just shows up. He may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. This is when he does his best work. But you have to just ask. I don't know where you are at halftime, but would you ask him for a fresh outpouring? I don't know what that looks like for you. The power of God may come upon you and you may, and that's great. And those are great things. But I also can see the power of God come on you and you and you leave this place and all of a sudden you're just like this boldness, this courageousness, this, this stepping out of the boat and walking on the water with your eyes on Jesus. You just start seeing things breaking out. You, you see sick people in the mall. Y'all, I've been guilty of this. Y'all ever been to those outdoor malls? They're outside like Legacy West. I've totally done this. I pray, I like to pray with people. If I see a wheelchair or a walker or something, it's just a challenge. I haven't seen anybody walk yet, but I'm gonna keep praying. It's gonna happen. But we gotta at least step out and ask, right? But I've done this where the sun's shining, it casts a shadow, and I'll like go by people and see if my shadow like. <laughs> I've totally done it. Like the sun's shining and I'm trying to get there to cast a shadow on them just to see if they'll come. Y'all know that story of Peter where his shadow, I'm like, hey, man, maybe this will. I'm crazy enough to believe that if it's happening like that, it could happen again or something. I don't know. We just... We're just stepping out and I'm just saying yes to every moment. When I sit down at the restaurant, I'm saying yes, revival, break out here. When I go to Walmart, revival, break out here. When I go to Target, revival, break out here. Wherever I'm going, Lord, revival, revival, let it break out and let it be messy. Let people start getting wrecked in the malls. Let's all go to our neighbors today or tomorrow, knock on the door and say, hey, can we pray for you? Anytime you cut, like this last week, Jose came to my house to change my lights for our, our home was under warranty and this gentleman named Jose comes in. Anytime you come in to spray my house for bugs, fix my lights or, or whatever, you're gonna get prayed for. Jose got some, and then a few weeks ago, this other guy came, I think his name was Nick, I don't remember, but he just had surgery, and I said, bro, let me lay hands on that rotator cuff. And I said, can I pray for you? And I said, man, if, when that thing gets healed, would you call me? He's like, man, this is so cool. Like, that was an opportunity for revival. Let it happen here, let it happen there, let it happen everywhere. But we've got, I'm getting off track, but let's ask him for a fresh outpouring. If you want a fresh outpouring today, would you get down to this altar? We want to lay hands on you. If you want a fresh outpouring, get down to this altar right now. And we're going to have this team lead and we're going to lay hands on you. I'm going to ask my prayer team and my elders to come up. Just come on up, face me. If you want a fresh outpouring today, all of our prayer, get some oil. Let's get some oil. Let's just begin to lay hands on these people. Let's declare a fresh outpouring right now. All my prayer team, any elders, let's pray. Let's go after it. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, 
visit us at dwell.church.